Hi, I'm Sandeep Kumar and welcome to this week's episode of Mastering Your Investment Business. Every week I go behind the scene with my guests, what is like to be a dental entrepreneur? What does it take to build a successful business and how Invisalign that little piece of plastic has impacted their world? Let's get started. So guys, you know I've been doing podcasts for nearly about 12 months and the inspiration of that came from I'm a student of life. I love learning. I wherever I get an opportunity to connect and exp- go go into different horizons, I just don't miss that opportunity. And with that, I thought what a better way of getting some of the experts on a stage and having a one-to-one discussion. Now you got to take my word for this. Everything what's going to you see is nothing is scripted. All these guys know is that they're going to be on the stage and that's how they're going to sit. And Laura, just, I've just told her literally 10 minutes ago, Laura, you're coming on the stage. And that's how it is. Nothing is scripted. Nothing is planned. We're just going to have a bit of discussion. Hopefully, you will be able to learn one or two things, how these guys think, how these guys plan. When I used to do the podcast, which you have seen live on, and that's how they were. I heard, you know, Kunal is here. You can speak to him. There was no, nothing scripted. That's your time. Turn up. And we just sat there and we, and we see where the, where the discussion goes. So just on the same thing, so let, let's start with uh, Sam. So can you please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are? Uh, thank you very much, Sandeep, for inviting me to the stage and joining this uh, podcast live. Um, so as Sandeep says, my name's Sam Hainsworth. Some of you may uh, know me from the first season of the podcast. So I'm actually fortunate enough to be Sandeep's business partner up in Manchester, so I started with Sandeep back in 2012 as an associate. Um, and obviously as we kind of, years went by and uh, we grew to know one, and e- one another, grew kind of each other, I suppose, knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and then, cut a long story short, we, uh, Sandeep wanted to kind of grow the business and he decided, right, do you know what, Sam, what, what did you say? Uh, do you fancy taking on this challenge and do you fancy being my business partner and um, and doing something together? So... I'm not one to say no. I tend to say yes to, to everything. And um, yeah, so that was 2018. And so th- uh, five years later um, and three and a half years after opening the practice, here we uh, here are now. So Sam, we've been running this new My Smile Clinic for just about over two years now. And I was there on Wednesday when I was uh, lucky enough to turn up on time, which most of the time I'm not. And I saw you conducting the conducting the monthly meeting. In the last two years, what do you have learned as a businessman? You know, we worked together as an associate for seven years, and now you have become a business owners. And in the audience, we have lots of business owners who are exactly at the same position. So what, what, what's, your, what's been your learning curve, and what are the couple of lessons you can share with, share with people here? Um, I think the first one is it's easier as an associate. <laughs> First and foremost, um, life's a lot more challenging uh, as a business owner. You find that, uh, you know, as an associate, and I was very much guilty of this myself, the mm-hmm. one thing you always think is, like, oh, why doesn't he do that? Or why doesn't she do that? Um, and now you are, you know, kind of responsible for making those, those decisions. So that's the, the steepest learning curve, um, I think, is to appreciate and understand that you are responsible for making those day-to-day decisions Everyone has an opinion, no toys about it. And I think probably the hardest part is trying to block out some of the noise sometimes. 
and then just sit there and say, right, what is the right thing to do at this point in time? What's the right decision to make? Um, often the hardest word to say is no sometimes. And, just, you know, I think I've learned and I've had a pretty good mentor to, to guide me along the, the way. That's, that's the kind time. of you to say that, Sam. <laughs> so, uh, see, that's probably the this biggest one. And at the same time, you know, you're no longer just a dentist. You're responsible for your staff members making sure they're happy, making sure they're looked after, trying to motivate and encourage them, uh, provide them an atmosphere um, in which they, they can thrrive uh, to continue the theme of uh, to theme of today. Cause I'm big on that. I'm big on the team, you know, not just going to work. I want them to really enjoy what they do and and really, really kind of make the most of what we do and the atmosphere that, and, uh, that we provide for them. So that's the biggest thing. And you have so many different hats to wear, so many plates to spin. And that's that's the biggest challenge. And what's been the, you think, the biggest reason behind success? You know, two years in, and you know, Smart Stylist is doing well. You know, we had a celebration on Wednesday. We hit our Q1 targets. If you have to pick one thing, that what is the one secret which you think is helping us to succeed in that business? There is no special secret formula. It is very simply just bloody hard work. And that <laughs> is it. I'm not going to lie, but it's anything, you know, Anything in life that is worthwhile achieving is not easy. Very simply because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. You take it from, you know, whatever you want to do, go to the gym, getting that amazing body that you want. If it was that easy, everyone would be walking around with ripped abs. But it's not that easy. You can apply that to absolutely anything. Go back to school days, exams. It was that easy to get NA. Everyone would get NA. It's not. You have to put in the hard work. So those late nights, um, those times when my wife is telling me, Sam, stop bloody working, you know, but you, if you want to achieve something, you have to put in the hours. Um, and that is the, you know, essentially that is the boring, but essentially that is the secret. Well, you know, you hit a nail on the head and I, did, I, I can see how hard you're working and you know how, and you know, I think you've rallied the team around you really well. So well done to you, man. So just a couple of questions. What's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Okay, best piece of advice I've ever had. Um, I'm not one. I'm more of a listener than one to, to, to ask for advice. Maybe that's a bad thing, I don't know. But from listening to people talk over the years, again, a kind of really simple one is just just say yes. As I said to you, you've asked me to do this. And I, in five years ago, you said, do you want to do a business? I just said yes. Guys, you won't get anywhere if you don't. If you just keep saying no, you just won't progress. You won't get anywhere. And that, you can apply that. I choose that bit of advice because I think... You can apply that whether you're an associate, whether you're a TCO, whether you're just starting in an organization. You apply that to any team member. If someone asks you to do something, just say yes. You know, you might be getting out of your comfort zone, but what is the worst that can happen? And how many times do you hear this bit of advice? But it's, it is probably actually the, the, you know, the best bit of advice I can give is just, just say yes, because you don't know what doors that might open down the line. You don't know what's around the corner. So, so just say yes. That's probably my bit of advice. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sam. Can you give all round of applause, please? So moving on to Justin. Justin, we Hi, met. Sandy. I, I'm just going to give you a quick introduction about you. I think you are probably the most proactive guy I've come across recently. I did a podcast on dental leaders, and it, it went really well. Lots of people listened to it, and I'm sure you was one of them. And the next thing you did was proactively messaged me and said, Sandeep, I loved your podcast, I enjoyed your podcast, but you said, can we connect? And you know, that was for me, that was a perfect example 
of connecting with people and networking with people. So thank you and look where we are now in such a short time. Thanks. So can you give an introduction, Justin, tell everybody who you are? Yes, of course, yeah. So I'm, my name is Justin Lee. Uh, I run a company called Focus for Growth. Uh, we are a sales and leadership training company and we specialize in dentistry. And I work with both sides of the kind of dental marketplace. I work with some practice teams. I also work with some of the suppliers to the market as well. And it's interesting, Sandy, because I give that example to some of my clients yeah. who are selling into the dental market. You know, if you're not listening to dental podcasts, if you're not understanding who's influencing, who are the people with strong opinions that are shaping the market, then you're missing an opportunity. It's really important to do that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Th and thank you for accepting uh, my connection request. Well, you know, <laughs> networking is the best way to connect with people. Like, and so, so Justin, I think you helped us to launch our Diamond Club. Yes. Which did really well. Some of the people are here who were part of that and who created really amazing results. So being in this industry, knowing how the dental practices function, what is the, what di differentiates between a successful practice and a okay practice? There's a lot of things there, Sandy. So let, let's, let's, pick, <laughs> let's be a pick top three, if that's yeah. I think one of the big things is um, having a goal to achieve something bigger for the practice team. So the, the, whoever is leading that team, actually setting an aspiration. We're looking to do something different. We're looking to grow. We're looking to create a world-class patient experience. And really think more deliberately about what it is you're trying to achieve. Because, um, I, I mean, I talk about this a lot with clients and uh, I think we've probably had the conversation. Those people who set out to really make a change in the world are the ones that do. Yep. If you get stuck in the inertia of, you know, the day-to-day -day and the things that are happening around you, you become reactive mm -hmm. and then things tend to stay the same. Whereas that shift to, you know, what does the best in class look like take, yeah. takes intention, takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. you know, Sam talked about the work that he puts in, but he's also focused on achieving something that is more aspirational in the yeah. future. And, and yeah. that's where it starts. And it's not until you can do that as a leader, yeah. set those goals, and then you can start to articulate yeah. that to your teams. Yeah. yeah, And your team can start to work towards that as well. Mm -hmm. But without that clarity of vision, then there's nothing for the team to aspire to as well. That's yeah. what I would say. That's what exactly I think I talked about in my, in my yes. talk earlier as well. So I know you talk about leadership, and I know we have touched on that subject. So when I was talking about my, uh, my presentation, my definition of leadership was, is out of getting the people to do what got to be done. If I have to ask you the same question, what do you think is leadership? If somebody who's running a dental practice or an organization, what leader is about? What are the traits of a good leader? I think it's interesting because one of the things I learned when I moved into leadership was that when you move from being a, a, like an operator in your business to being a leader, mm -hmm. you have to make this shift from getting satisfaction from what you do to gaining satisfaction from seeing your people thrive and succeed. Yeah. And it links to what you said, Sandeep, about getting people to want to do something mm -hmm. that needs to be done. Yeah. They'll do that for a leader that empowers and inspires them. Mm -hmm. And you have to make that shift from your own self-perspective to actually what is in it for my team and how do I mobilize them and inspire them to take action in the direction that we need to go. Yeah. No, that's good. I think you've hit a nail on the head. It's about walking the walk and talking the talk. And that's when people follow you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Excellent. So same question to you as was with Sam. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Best piece of advice? What, 
there's a piece of advice that's been in my mind a while, um, and that is, especially when you start to take on more responsibility and you want to do something different, is to start becoming more comfortable being uncomfortable. So if there's things that you know are difficult, rather than back away, lean in. So it's similar to Sam's, you know, saying, yes, actually there are things, none of us like to do the difficult stuff, but it's the difficult stuff that makes us grow, makes us move forward. Um, and that was a piece of advice I got quite early in my career. And I've tried my best to kind of lean into it. And it definitely helps. Good. Change your association. I absolutely love that answer. And yeah. that's one thing I, I live and breathe with that as well, that, you know, running a business owner, you know, if there's any business owners here, what is our job is dealing with problems. I think that's what I do. You know, it's any all the good things. I never even hear about that thing. As soon as something goes wrong, Sandeep. <laughs> and as a business owner, that, that's, you know, Sam, I'm sure you can relate to that too. Yeah. yeah, if it's easy, I don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> no, excellent. Thank you very much, Justin. Can we all give a Thank you. round of applause Thank for you. Justin, please? Andy. We share lots of interest together. Formula One, Manchester United. Last night was not very good. So can we just introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, sure, my name's Andy Acton. I'm one of the owners of the Frank Turner Associates Group. Um, so the Frank Turner Associates bit, we value and sell dental practices, but within the group, we own a commercial finance brokerage, a law firm, a wealth management business, and a media business, FGA Media. Um, so yeah, that's me. So I think we had a discussion and you looked at my practices, accounts and everything at some stage. What I want to understand is what is the impact of at the exit strategy for a practice who have integrated Invisalign at the heart of everything what they're doing? You remember I talked about it earlier. So as a I hope you don't mind me saying broker, but you know, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a nice Fair way. Fair enough. <laughs> how, do you, how do you value a practice who is built around Invisalign, who have got a really good marketing strategy, really good patient journey? What's your thought process going into when you're going to see a practice like that? So the risk is I'm going to sound like Rachel Riney on Countdown, solving one of those, those sums with this answer. But if we just sort of simply look at what that treatment planning would look like. So if a patient came in and purchased Invisalign, and let's just say for the argument, we're talking three, three and a half thousand pounds. On top of that, there might be some composite bonding of a thousand pounds. There might be some whitening. So let's say we've ended up with a, a treatment plan um, from that particular moment of five thousand pounds. That's the revenue to the practice at that time as a result of that. Let's then assume that the profitability on that is very modest and it's 30%. So on a £5,000 treatment plan, you've got £1,500 worth of profit within there, which is good news, which is great news. And that's from one individual patient. So, and this is before taking into account what that might lead to in terms of a lifetime value of that patient. But let's just stick with that, that £5,000 treatment plan, that £1,500 profit. If we then go back to the very beginning of the day and Sandy put up the slide that showed his own experience of the growth of Invisalign cases, and between year two and three, he got to about 110 cases a year. Yeah. It was around about that point. So if we then assume that you can get to 110 cases and you're making £1,500 profit per case, mm -hmm. £1,500 profit per case, 110 cases, that's £165,000 worth of profit in a year, which is pretty decent. 
-hmm. So you're going to make an extra £165,000 worth of profit a year by doing 110 Invisalign cases a year, which is not an insignificant sum of money. So we just hold that thought for a moment. When it comes to valuing dental practices, and to Sandy's point about the exit, um, there's two numbers that are important. There's a profitability, and then there's a multiple that's applied to that profitability. So if you're doing your 110 cases and you'll make an extra £165,000 of the profit, the multiple that may be applied to that might be four. So what that means in real terms is that the value, the extra value in your business as a result of doing 110 Invisalign cases a year would be about £660,000. So that's a £165,000 profit applied to a multiple of four, which is £660,000. So as a practice builder, Invisalign is, is remarkable. And this is beyond the lifetime value of that patient as well. So for anyone in here that's the other side of 110 cases a year, it's looking very good for you. And anybody who isn't quite there yet, you can see that the reasons for doing this are quite compelling. And you know, your, your, your book that you wrote to help people to get to the stage where they've mastered it is well worth pursuing because this isn't just a flash in the pan. This isn't something that you tack onto the side. If you really focus on it, it can materially impact the value of your business. Good. So the question I have is following up from that is, so say if I come to you and say I have an NHS practice, which is 100% NHS, then I have an NHS and mixed practice, and then I have a practice which is a fully private, Invisalign-focused, cosmetic dentistry, which practice will you value more and why? So at the moment, it, it, it sounds madness, but we are still in a climate where the NHS practice values at the highest level. Um, right. And because it's kind of government-backed and the money comes in from the government, but we're not far from a tipping point. Yeah, I think we were at that point where, particularly post-COVID, um, private practice has done incredibly well. Um, they continue to do very well. And there's a lot of disenfranchisement with the NHS generally, um, the pay rates. I think finding people to work uh, on NHS yeah. patients isn't as easy as it was historically. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're, we're far from private practices getting to parity. And I think once that happens, it wouldn't surprise me if private practices then become the future. And for anybody buying a practice, and people typically own practices for between 10 and 12 years before they suffer fatigue of business ownership, that is really where the future's at. But to your second point about um, an Invisalign cosmetic-based practice, if we were talking 10 years ago, that would have been almost considered in the market of a specialty. Yeah, that would have been like a specialist periodontal yeah. practice or mm -hmm. a specialist orthodontic practice. Whereas now, I think Invisalign and cosmetic treatments have become much more mainstream. Yeah. And they feature very heavily in general dental practices. So the values of them have come up in the last five to seven years. Mm -hmm. and they're at the same level as the general dental practice. Right. Do you think NHS is dying or dead, or do you think there's still future? I think there's a future in it, but it's going to look very different. Right. I think lots of practices having relatively small contracts is going to be a thing in the past. I think we're going to end up with larger practices who are probably better engineered to deliver that service, yeah. and patients will be channeled and funneled into practices that can meet their needs. Yeah. But I think from a private dentistry point of view, that's really exciting because it means that there's, there's a huge opportunity mm -hmm. to serve a market and also a population which over the past few years has really invested heavily in its health. So I think the opportunities for private dentistry in the future are, are enormous. Yeah, good. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andy.
Same question to you. What's the best piece of advice you ever had which you can share, share with my audience? I think the best piece, there's probably two bits, but the, the one that I like is hold doors open for people. And, and that's not just a courtesy that if you're in your room and you hold a door open for somebody, it's help people. If you're in a position to hold a door open and let somebody pass through so they can move forward, yeah. we should help as many people as we can. We never know where it's going to lead. It's a bit like Sam's point about saying yes. It's a similar kind of principle that if you set out to help people with no thought that it's going to pay you back, guess what it does? And if, whether that's you know, family members, team, some you know who started a business, just try and help people. If you hold doors open for people yeah. over time, one, it's a nice feeling because you've done a good thing, but actually I think it does get paid back to you in, in, in droves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, excellent. So it's the soft skills, right? You know, you don't have to go and attend any courses to learn how to hold a door for people. It's either you got it or you don't. So. Absolutely. Wonderful. Guys, can we give a huge round of applause to Andrew? And finally, we have Laura. Now, I don't know either any of you know about this or not. When it comes to the world of Invisalign, Laura was the first person I met. So before saying too much, Laura, can you please introduce yourself and tell people how we met? Yeah. <laughs> so hi, everyone. For those that don't know me, I'm Laura. Um, as Sandeep kindly said, um, I previously worked for Invisalign for 10 years. So I worked with both Dan and Abby, Abhishek. Um, I was Sandeep's territory manager for six years. It was. Um, where we um, kind of went on a journey. Um, I learned so much from Sandy, which was a privilege, so thank you. Um, and, you know, so, saw you early on um, begin the My Smile Network and now obviously see the success that it is now. So I was there for a, a line for 10 years and I've been with you for just over 12 months. You're stuck with me now, isn't it? <laughs> That's it now. <laughs> Good, Laura. So, you know, you have got a wealth of experience. First, you worked with Line Technology. I think then you went away and had a maternity leave, and now you joined MySmile. I think you've got a wealth of experience. So, share with everybody, what do you think are the traits of a successful Invisalign provider? So, what I'm seeing at the moment, and specifically over the last 12 months since kind of having day-to-day -day contact with providers, is, you know, they're thriving, um, they're passionate. Um, I'm seeing a real mixed bag of providers. You know, I see some people that are early on in their Invisalign journey and have been certified for 12 months. Yet we see people that are certified six, seven years ago and they're just plateauing, but they're thriving and they want to grow. Um, you know, they want to engage. They want to be part of the MySmile community and they really want to take their Invisalign to the next level for sure. So can you share some tips about people running a real successful open days? You know, you are helping people. I'm sure you've been doing that for ages. And there's lots of people have got their own ways of doing it. But if somebody comes to you and says, Laura, I want to do an open day. Where do I start from? What are things I need to focus on? Can you share some ideas? Yeah, sure. So I think um, a few of the common things that we all forget is going back to basics, right? Align have got an amazing... Um, practice development store where they can get so much information from. So, you know, visit the um, web store, get everything that they need in the practice for sure. Um, the other thing is internal database as well. They forget their internal database. You know, yeah, they're only in NHS practice, but they might have 10,000 patients registered, right? Um, so it's making the most of that internal database. Um, I would always say, you know, any patients that have been in for an ortho consult over the last two years, 
you know, keep in contact with them, let them know about offers when you're in open days, for instance. Yeah. Because the first thing people want to do is just go outside an external market and they do that, but then the receptionists don't know nothing about the open day and they just lose those patients. So I think, first of all, start internally. Yeah. It's about having that inside-out approach. Yes, exactly. Look at your patients, start with that database, start communicating with them and then see where that journey takes you. And you know, guys, remember one of the lessons which I gave you this morning was build leaders within your own team. Laura is a perfect example for you. Started a year ago, and the plan was to, Laura, can you run Mastering Your Investment Business Programs? And now she's leading the whole My Small Connect program. She's got people who are working with you now. And here you are, you know, you're, you're running your own, own, own little department in a business. What can I say? I learned from the best. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that, that's kind of you, Laura. So just final question for you as well. What's the best piece of advice you've ever had, which you can share with everybody, please? So um, for me, um, a lot of you, obviously, Sandeep said I'm, I had maternity, so I've got two young children at home. So my mind normally when I'm not at work is kind of thinking of the next thing I need to do at home, whether it be what's for tea or where I've got to take Hugo, Harriet. Um, one of the things for me would be something on the first mastering, become a student of life. So now when I'm, you know, drop the kids at school or whatever it needs to be, I get my headphones in and I listen to podcasts. And, you know, I've learned so much in the last 12 months from doing that. So that would be my tip. Yeah, good. Excellent. Thank you. And, you know, that's the one thing I share. Let me tell you this morning secret. I got up. And I told my wife that I'm going to go out for a bit of walk. And then yesterday I planned which podcast I'm going to listen at what minute I'm going to start and what minute I'm going to finish so I'm ready for the day. So I listened Diary of CEO's podcast, uh, Stephen Bartlett, and he interviewed uh, Tim Grover. Tim Grover was Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's coach. And I've listened to that podcast before and I absolutely loved it, but there was a clip in there which I saved which was about 20 minutes and I went out for a run in the morning and I listened to that and it just fired me up and I came back and I was ready for the ready for the day ahead so it's not about learning what's around you go out of your out of your dentistry just you know expand your horizon and you will be amazed how much out there learn from the best and learn from the failures so on this note, guys, can you give Laura a round of applause? So guys, today, this event, just last 20 minutes, has marked the starting of my new project, which is Podcast Live. So from here onward, we have hired a couple of venues, a um, couple of places where we're going to do, be doing this Live, I'll be inviting my guests in those places and we'll be doing that. So this podcast will go live. I'm really excited about this. And from here onward, all the podcasts will be audios and videos and it will be more interactive. And thank you for your support all so far. Can you please give my guests a huge round of applause? Thank you.